welcome crew to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, discuss three games of their choosing, go through some honorable mentions and some other odds and ends for some video game discussion. I'm Dan Tucker and with me as always is El Ray. What's going on everybody? Today's guest, no surprise, it's part of the contract when you get one half a pair at some point the other half has to go on. And today we have the better half of this pair. There's no, there's no doubt about it. It is Mrs. Gargata herself. How are you doing today? We're good. We're good. I don't know if I'd say better half, at least not the gaming part. I, I don't know anything about this. this. Is a gaming podcast? I don't know anything about that. This is clearly exactly clearly this is the better half, right? You, you have not. I am excited. You have not heard the math episode we're coming off of. So after last last week, when people have heard, this is a math podcast now. So yeah. Yeah, we we talk about math and movies, just depending on the day. We've uh, we've given up the video game talk, actually. Sounds like a plan. Not good at either of those either. <laughs> All right, well, well, let's get back into games then. We're gonna start with your first game. We're gonna go with GoldenEye Two. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean GoldenEye Two. I, I meant Perfect Dark <laughs> on the Nintendo 64. What what is aptly described as a GoldenEye successor? Let's talk where this one pops up first on the list for you. So it has to start back with my best friend and I have been best friends since we were nine, so over 20 years. And I, my fondest gaming memories are with her sitting in her computer room, loading up the map with paintball grenades and throwing her into them. Those things were hilarious in Perfect Dark. It's like, oh, look, King of the Hill runs into the bathroom, paintball everywhere. See, I was really wondering about the multiplayer for this because this is, it was basically GoldenEye 2.0 as far as the multiplayer was concerned. And I had on here, I was going to ask you, was this a multiplayer game? Then I was going to scratch that question because one of your previous quests was you listed this as your friendship ruining game. So let's let's talk about those paintballs. Were they always well received? How'd that go? It was always a scream from the other room that... So her, her name is Kelsey. Kelsey's mom, God bless this woman, is almost deaf so she's always had hearing aids this game was the will you guys shut it up and then you hear because the ear the hearing aids turned off so yes friendship ruiner good times so it wasn't so much your friendship as much as your friend's mom getting more upset with you than anything oh no oh no we'd get we'd get upset with each other and there's still days like she still brings it up she's like so you remember that one time there was a bathroom full of grenades yeah i haven't let it go i'm like it's been 20 years she's like mm, nope still there listen i got somebody i can get you some actual paintball grenades if you want that i can make this happen for real and you can say listen forget about the <laughs> video game thing two decades ago we can make a real one happen if you want uh, see she'd be down for it until she kicked my butt and then i'd never live it down Oh, but see, that's where you just got to settle things back and break out, break out perfect dark again. You so make did, that joke. We, we've done that. We ended up at a place that had an N64 with perfect dark. And we both were like, why did we like this game with this controller? <laughs> oh, see, that was going to be a question I had because I have mentioned several times the N64 may be one of the worst aging systems Nintendo has had. So, so tell me about what, when did you crack it back open again? What happened there? So I do a benefit concert every year for the local chapter of NAMI. It's a 
mental illness. It's for mental illness. So yeah, we do we, this event. We in fact have a, a C3.gg link going right to NAMI. So if you type in C3.gg slash NAMI, when we, we talked to Gong Show and talked about some of the you know, May mental health kicking that off. We actually have a link directly to them. So if anybody's not familiar, you can go right to it with a, a C3 link, as a matter of fact. That's awesome. Yeah. So NAMI West Central Indiana is our local one. And every year we do their gala. Well, there have been a couple of years that Gargadas had to stay home with little G and my best friend was my date because we could bring for one free meal and we were at one and in their green room, they had an N64 with perfect dark. We're like, uh, best green room ever. And then we did. We sat there because I was an hour early for the show with her and we just beat the crap out of each other with paintballs again. So One of three games needing the expansion pack, but they had the expansion pack ready to go for you there. Did you end up playing this one, the actual story on this one at all? Or had you uh, just gone with the multiplayer? So her older brother and sister did, but they were the ones that did like most of the storylines and took up almost all of the memory sticks. For those young kids, uh, Bamonte, that don't know what that is, <laughs> we can't all play online all the time. So yeah, they were the ones filling up the memory cards. We were the ones just beating the crap out of each other. Had you played GoldenEye at all, or was this just like, this was there, this was the one you went with, and it was just perfect, perfection, perfect dark, whatever you want to say in here? Yeah, I never played GoldenEye. I've never played it. Well, if you're playing multiplayer here, you're not missing anything. You got the exact experience just with some different weapons. There was like a, wasn't there a briefcase gun, I think, with this one too? That was mm-hmm. that was one of the ones that stuck out in my... Uh, yeah, it was all the ones that basically from what I've seen you could do in GoldenEye. So yeah, it was just, it's what her big brother had. And we were like, okay, let's go. Let's play uh, it. So uh, th- Was this also the one, the one I was trying to remember was, I was going through this one. That there was a, a through-the-wall sniper rifle, though, because GoldenEye did not have that. And that one, I felt like, was probably the biggest friendship-ruining weapon that dealt with with my friend group. Because that was, we took the N64 down for senior week and down to the down to the beach, down the shore. And uh, I feel like everybody requested that being turned off, and I refused for that to happen. Because that was an infuriating weapon for a lot of people really great if you could time it just right that you would shoot with that as the grenades were going off on your click yeah that that was a scream and get the ears turned off moment for sure because you could if you timed it just right with those grenades going off you would someone would end up probably crying all right well let's take a step back a, a generation here go back to the sega genesis where we're not we're, we're not uh how do i put this where we're taking our first of uh, multiple visits into Disneyland with the Aladdin game that was available for Sega Genesis. Uh, give me that 16-bit uh, music playing through here. But you know what? What brought this one here? Because obviously this one's not a multiplayer, so this one was a, a solo game for you here. So my big sister was actually the one who had it. Uh, she would let me play, but so she's eight years older than me, and we didn't get a lot of time together because she'd spend summers with her mom in California, blah, blah, blah. So when she would play, I would literally just be her. You've seen little G running around. It's it. Imagine her with like, we call him G junior. Cause Gargata's boy looks just like him. So it's this almost the same situation of half siblings where I would just be attached. So I just remember her playing it, letting me play with her and her like directing me. And it was, that's what we did. She left to move back with her mom when I was like seven. So the memories of her time with me before she moved back again to Indiana, that was, that was our game. That's what we'd sit and do. So would you pass off controllers between lives? Was it a kind of play till you go? Or was it a bit of, of a coaching thing? What was the setup usually between you? 
a lot of it was coaching until she got just to the point of, okay, I can't watch you die anymore. Let's go. And then she kind of bumped me off and let me sit with her. But a lot of it was just her telling me what to do until it was, okay, I just can't watch you do this anymore kind of thing. And then I'd sit with her. It was just our time together. It was kind of the, the repeat of the microphone situation before we started recording. We're eventually just, uh, just stepping aside. <laughs> give me the, give me the city. I'll take care of that. Uh, definitely a lot less beard, still a lot of red hair, but a lot less beard. Uh, have you uh, gone back to this one? Cause they have re-released. They did an Aladdin Lion King combo pack with all of the different versions. If you have not played it, they have available. It's they have the Lion King, they have Aladdin. And also there were slight differences between Genesis and super Nintendo and the game gear. And I think there might've had been the game boy versions on there too, but I, I just don't even remember. You know, if the, have you gone back to that one at all or no, I've wanted to buy it for the Switch and then just sick both the G-Kids on it and be like, here, I'm going to let you guys bond with this because I don't know if our boy has done a lot of the, you know, the 16-bit gaming, but I think it would probably frustrate the get- all get out of him. And I just kind of want to watch it. <laughs> did you do the Lion King also or did you just do Aladdin? I did both. We had both. We were those cool kids. I felt like Aladdin was the easier of the two by comparison to the Lion King. I don't know. Cause there was at least like a hack and slash element to it as opposed to the jumping and swiping of Lion King. I think that's why she would let me play. So that's <laughs> why the one sticks out more is cause it's like, Oh, she can't really screw up this one because we all know vine jumping and swinging at, you know, five, six years old. is not the best game component. Well, it was also the the final boss fight of Aladdin when you're you're battling Jafar is a lot easier to work through and you're just kind of jumping around, you're hacking with the sword, not trying to figure out what button combination you have to be in the perfect position to throw Scar off of the top of Pride Rock. So even like the last boss is a little bit easier to work your way through. So So I have to ask them because the one... Well, let me ask you, was there a particularly difficult area that stuck out for you? Because there's one in Aladdin that I remember that was the painful one. I don't remember one exactly. I know that there was something with jumping buildings or something that would just drive my sister up a wall. So at like I said, at certain points it was just okay. You're not you're not doing this. You're you're gonna move and then probably not so gently throw me back to my bed and then go and do her stuff. So the part she never lets you play them was the cave of wonders escape when that's all melting down and crashing and you're escaping. I think on the carpet as I recall, or at least for part of the level. So I can promise you that's the part you don't even remember. Then if that was probably a don't even bother giving uh, giving you the controller and just <laughs> I'm taking over here. That's it. Move out of the way. Accurate. Very fair. Knowing my sister, that's probably it. Playable Characters Podcast. Funny interviews with real video game characters. Hi, I'm Calvin Cato. And I'm Brian and- McGinnis. And we interview video game characters yes. on our show. We have comedians and actors come on and pretend they're a video game character for 30 minutes. We talk to them. It's all ad-libbed and improvised and always very funny. Uh, past guests include Bowser, Ms. Pac-Man, Q-Bert, Princess Peach, and Princess Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. You put them in a booth. And uh, something short-circuited, and I decided that someone was taking too long in the money booth, and I hit her with a baseball bat. (laughs) And thus was born Super Smash TV. Just like that. I was being raised by a family of t- of toadstools. Oh, um, how was that? Is that, that seemed like it might, might be kind of fun? It bit. was. It was really. Like it was really fun. Mario should stick to plumbing. Okay. Okay. He's a very, from what I hear, a good plumber, a terrible hero. Yeah. So I mean, really bad. And I mean, let's not get started on his whatever he is. Uh, you know, 
friend, brother, special friend, I don't know, Luigi, <laughs> whatever they're doing. Sure well, they're that's what they're saying. <laughs> that's what they're saying. They're right. saying they're brothers because, you know, in the uh, Italian-American community, <laughs> these people tend to not look yeah. kindly on certain relationships. If you want to know what's going on in your favorite video game character's life, check us out. Playable Characters Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, comes out every Monday. All right, we're going to slingshot forward now. We're going up past the Nintendo 64 onto your third game, The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. We've had a couple of experiences here. We talked about the, the multiplayer aspect. We talked about the bonding aspect with the second game. What what happened here with the third one? That was my first complete run-through game by myself. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so the game. So this yeah, was on that the was GameCube, the first. right? Yeah, that was my first. I bought this. This is for me. I'm not going to Kelsey's house to play it and share it. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play it. And it took me hours. So how did you pick this one? What made you pick Zelda up as the one that like, this is going to be your your experience. This is going to be the one you own the playthrough for. So Kelsey's family, I keep going back to them. They're like my gaming starting point. I mean, every game probably started there. They had it, and I loved it. And I got myself, I saved up my money, I got myself a GameCube, and I had, you know, the GameCube classic stuff, Luigi, Mario, all of those. But then she got Wind Waker, and I was like, oh, I like this. And I did, I got it, and I started playing it, and it was, I'm not going to share. I'm not sharing my saves. I'm doing this by myself, and it did. Every day, after school, during the summer, whatever it was, that was my go-to game. I wish I could find my copy. We've got two GameCubes in the house, but I don't know where it's at. And I have a feeling it might have gotten sold at some point. (laughs) Yeah, it's not an easy one to get a hold of now either for the the GameCube version. Here's hoping it it turns up someday, hidden in a box somewhere. So while you were diving into this one, how much of the map did you get to explore? Because this one had quite a bit of extra room where you could wander beyond just what the the progression of the game was. Yeah, that was a 100. I've, I've not, there are certain games that I've been like total completionist on, especially recent games. That was my first completion 100%. I have explored every inch of this game and I would go back and do it in a heartbeat every single chance I got. Because it was, it was like I always every day found a new part of a map that it was just like, oh, there's more to this. Oh, there's more. And then when it was there's nothing else I can find, I was sad. There was, it was legitimate sadness of just like, it's done. Okay, wipe the save, go back and do it again. So was was the exploring your favorite part, the treasure hunting, the the trolling for gear in the water? What was your favorite part of the game? I think a lot of it was it even when you were openly exploring, it was still trying to keep you towards your storyline. Like it was, it was a lot more immersive than a lot of other games at the time for me at, you know, we all have to remember I'm younger, not, um, you know, I'm only in my thirties. Take, so take your shots at, at my, me. That's fine. Yeah. We're all, we're all younger, we're all younger yeah. than Dan. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't know if Gargot is too much younger than you, Dan, but yeah, it just at my age to have something that was immersive to the point of it's like, okay, I'm completely not doing the plot but I'm still immersed in my storyline. It was just something that just stuck with me. You know, it's, it's funny now because one of the conversations around Tears of the Kingdom is the fact that it's a 16 gigabyte game and you have all these other games that like, okay, you, you basically need 400 gigabytes to be able to to, down, to start the download for it. They need a hundred gigabyte day one update. And, and then you think about all of what they had of just 
the open world in the Wind Waker, and it was a very open world by comparison. Again, really, the progression kind of still went A to B to C to D compared to, to some of the games they're making now, but it's amazing how large of a world with a unique animation style they put onto just that little <laughs> that little mini disc uh, that was on there for that one. Yeah, other, that that definitely was one. You have your other option too. You know, you could find a Wii U and try and find uh, the HD remaster of that thing. I don't. That's probably going to be harder to find than the GameCube at this point, though. There are people who are afraid to afraid to turn on their Wii U's, not being able to access that game ever again because that thing's going to break. Yeah, that's the one. One of the only Nintendo systems we don't have in the house is a Wii U. Between the two of us, we have, I think, everything besides a Wii U. I don't know if you need to run back and get that one because they're just re-releasing everything for the Switch progressively over time. I don't know. I was going to say, I've, I've never, I never owned a Wii U, but I feel like they just every game that was good there, they put on the Switch. So to me, they were all brand new games. I'm, I'm loving it. Like, every time they're like, well, this is a remake. I was like, are you kidding me? This is new. This is brand new, and I love it. It started day one exactly. with Mario Kart 8, and uh, it's gone on through uh, Super Mario 3D World. I mean, they slapped Bowser's Fury onto it to, to make us feel a little better, but Miitopia, what else? I mean, they, they put a lot. I don't know what's left from the Wii U that didn't just make its way to the Switch at this point. Uh, there were some of the ones that are even like the Amiibo-style games that didn't quite make the list, I think. But yeah, it is. The Wii U, I'm pretty sure the Wii U is the only Nintendo one we don't have. So have you played other Zelda games or is this this just the one that's got your heart because it was your it was that it's mine it's me you planted your flag on it. So my sister had like the OG like oh look we're going to take this whole honking save disc of a thing and put it in kind of style games but she had the 8 bit like original Zelda stuff. But now this that I played them and I watched her play them and things like that. But nope, just having that be my game was the big part. I had Twilight Princess. I actually have Breath of the Wild in there, I think. Yeah, I had Breath of the Wild in there for the Switch and everything. But nope, that's that's always been my number one. I had the, uh, what was it, Tale of Four Swords, where you got to run four little colored links around. That was always fun. But no, Wind Waker just has my heart. All right, with that, we're going to move to the honorable mentions now. A couple games. That did not quite make the top three. And the first one we stick with the GameCube is Luigi's Mansion, which was released when the GameCube came out. It was one of the title releases. So Nintendo starts with Luigi instead of Mario. That's how they opened their system up. How uh, how'd you feel about that? Saying Luigi's going to lead us into the future, basically. Yep, he came with my GameCube. So that was my first GameCube game. Uh, and it was strangely terrifying like i hate to say it that way but uh yeah for them to launch a, a new system geared at you know preteens my age and to do something that if you weren't paying attention would scare the holy snot out of you i was like okay nintendo this is new like you're thinking mario game yeah boop, 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 it's fine and then it's no you are locked in this mansion and you will hunt things whether you like it or not it was it was fun it was a good time. I, I do admit, I openly admit, I bought the manual for that one to get through the game. My my memory of it, when I when I saw this game, we were going to talk about it. The first thing I think of is matching my control stick while using the the uh, you know the Poltergeist 3000 and just hoping it doesn't snap because, you know, the N64 control sticks were all just wobbling away by the time we finished with them. And I'm like, please... If I pull this harder, maybe I can get the ghost faster. That's my biggest memory of Luigi's Mansion. If I just keep trying, it'll happen. So, and how you, 
did you enjoy having kind of like this item, right? Because you know, it's not you're not fighting. You now have this tool that you have to use, and they gave Mario a tool with the floods later. So this is kind of like the thing we're gonna give Mario Luigi tools. How'd you how'd you feel about those? I mean, who doesn't want to be a tall plumber running around thinking he's a Ghostbuster? I mean, really, that's literally what it was. So playing the game when you catch the ghost, so the boss ghost, they put them in frames. You know, you give them the frames based on how well you clock them. Did you did you put a lot of effort into trying to get the golden frames, all of them, or was it just trying to get through the game? Not ashamed to say that, oh, look, it's not a gold frame, but I caught you. Ha <laughs> ha, and walk on. Because it was like, oh, that was hard. I don't want to do it again. Like I said, like, it was, if I buy the manual and I read through how to do this, maybe I'll get gold. But as long as he goes in a frame, I'm fine. We're good. Did you replay the game? This, this is one of the, yeah, I, just, I didn't replay a lot of games when I was young. But I felt like this one was really made to be replayed. Because they were like, hey, try to do a little better and get a nicer house in your picture. Did you play this one over? I did. And that was why it was, okay, I've run through this. Maybe I can give it. It was just that draw of, can you do better? Because, I mean, if the option's there. You could do better. And so you had the guide. So I'm going to see, did you find all 50 boots? Because I, I know as a kid, I was stuck at 49 out of 50 and could never figure out where that last one was. I actually found the guide. I still have it. It was in the box of my GameCube stuff my mom sent to me. <laughs> and yeah, I checkmarked all those little suckers as I went through the list. So yes. I did find all 50. We're going to need we're gonna need a picture of this game guide because I, I need it for memory's sake of what it looked like. I remember I had, I had some Game Informer magazines back in the day. I know, I know Dan, Dan's old, but I was old enough that I actually did get some magazines too. Yeah, ours just what came on you, parchment, Ray, back in the day. <laughs> I carry your pigeon. Do you have a favorite ghost, if you can remember? Oh, I don't. It was the female one. She always cracked me up. Because it was a boo in makeup. And that was just for, I don't remember her name, anything. It's just, how can you not remember a boo in makeup? And you're right. And they had all the colors. It was bright. It was almost, it was bright jump scares, almost, if you weren't ready for it, like you said. The game was totally different than what they were doing with Mario games before. Join us on the Bucket and Hoosier Show, the podcast that's all about community and competitive Rocket League. If you're new to Rocket League, it's a high-flying, fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars. It's a game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. And that's where our guests come in. We're talking about the best of the best in the Rocket League community to learn about their journeys, strategies, and tips for success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. Join us live Monday evenings at twitch.tv forward slash Bucket and Hoosier and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to catch past episodes. Be sure to hit the follow and notification button so you know when new content has been posted. Alright, so let's go on second game, Super Smash Bros. Melee. This is exciting. I was so happy to see it's on the list. But I have to ask this first because I feel like I'm biased, so if I don't ask this, I won't know how to ask all the other questions. How do you play Super Smash Bros. Melee? Are there items? Is it a giant party? Are there, is it just one-on-one? 
Um, you only play on pokey floats the obviously the greatest stage of all time <laughs> so it was the nice thing about it with being able to be a four-person game was the fact that my best friend my best friend's sister my best friend's little brother and i could all play so i would go live at her house during the summer for a weekend and we would beat the crap out of each other again a, a common theme in our relationship but <laughs> we could it was nice that we could all four plug in and controller and while the little one, because he was four, so we were getting him in our gaming at young. He could button mash the crap out of all of us, and then we could sit there. And I always loved doing the uh, the massive hammer and running around just hammering the heck out of the stages. Yes, we were Pokemon fans. Yes, we were always playing up in the Pokemon ones just because it was difficult and it was funny. What was the go-to character when you were playing? So <laughs> I did a lot of, I played a lot of Donkey Kong. I did ice climbers a lot just because if you were throwing one, you could sling the other one up there and pray and hope maybe you wouldn't eat it. Here's here's a random question. Did you have all the characters unlocked? Let me start. Do you own the game and have all the characters? Yes, we did. They owned oh. the game. I owned the game second, but yes, we had all of them unlocked at their house. Okay, this is, I, I feel like maybe this is a niche question and maybe no one cares about this but me. Do you remember how Mewtwo was unlocked? Or how you went about unlocking Mewtwo? Because there were two different ways. And one was much faster than the other and I didn't, I didn't know it as a kid. I know they had it. And I know they went the long, difficult road because I remember nights of, oh my gosh, why? I just don't remember what they had to do. Did you have to beat him in some situation or something? Oh. You had two ways to get YouTube. This is before when, you know, Smash Bros. now just gives you the characters. Like, just play enough of it to show up. You could either play multiplayer for 20 hours. Now, you could break that up. If you had four people playing, if they each logged five hours, it would count. I didn't know this. I was at home playing by myself. So I would put my controller on and have myself play and just put the time at 99 minutes and let it run. And I would just leave. And I kept doing this until Mewtwo showed up. This is this is how I did it by myself. The other way was play 700 multiplayer matches, which may have been easier if you're playing all the time. It's yeah, for them, normal. that was easier. Definitely. Because, I mean, two sisters playing all the time because that's what they did as their bonding. So, yeah, that's probably what it was of they were on it long enough because I didn't have them unlocked in my house. And I was an only kid. My, like I said, my sister moved back to california at seven so no that's probably what they did was sat and just jammed hours on that thing and you had this as your favorite fighting game quest is this like the only fighting game you played and this one you picked or is there something special about this one that makes you your favorite fighting game so it was a close tie between that one and doing soul Calibur 2 same reason i love my best friend i love to beat her up in video games so it was just those were the fighting games i played we did do like a lot of mortal Kombat and stuff like that too so, but that one was just fun because, I mean, comic relief of, you know, kicking someone off a stage and then smashing into the screen as Kirby, just priceless. I have to ask a question because there's clearly a, a love for the GameCube between your relationship with your friend and, and really the games. I, I, you know, I said N64 is probably aged the most poorly. I feel like GameCube's probably aged the most underappreciated or i don't know i know it certainly was for me and there was a lot of that like playstation versus gamecube and sega was eating paste in the corner at the time and like that was their final <laughs> their final <laughs> their final death rows it is the gamecube your all-time system i have to ask yeah 
I would say I would own it. I would say, yeah, it's because it, it is. We talk about it. Honestly, before you guys asked me to do this, I had busted out the GameCube because I have a lot of my games that Meredith can play. So Little G and it's a controller that I'm like, OK, I can hand her. And I mean, if you bust it, you bust it because I have 47 else in the house. So, yeah, I busted it out. And what's funny is when you can start up the GameCube, it figures out that you haven't played the OG Animal Crossing in 10 years. And it says, oh, look, holy crap, it's 23. What am I doing alive? Basically is just great. Um, that existential that Animal Crossing nightmare is a different conversation altogether that I'm not emotionally prepared for today. <laughs> Kids are not ready. They're used to this New Horizons thing, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I have it. I jammed it. But man, just to have one of them be meaner than snot to you and that little just, I mean, you put it on the HDTVs now, that crappy landscape. It's like, ooh, why do I like you again? It's I been 10 you. years. Where, I've been sitting here in this house. For a decade. <laughs> Did you forget to save your game? Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? Yep. And then the good old, we can't have Blanca, the white-faced cat in a game now because, you know, we were all a bunch of inappropriate little juveniles drawing things on her face we shouldn't have. That or changing, or changing the clock. And then the game knew you changed the clock and it, it judged you for it. Like, how dare you? You didn't wait. You didn't wait until Christmas Day to play this game to unlock something. What's wrong with you? And now all you do is just time travel on the Switch. I know, you just, you miss the screaming characters. All right, we get to the last game of the auto mentions. And I mean, it wouldn't be a Gargata Park podcast without talking about Fortnite. But we have to get here. And so first question, is this the game that where the Gargata duel began? Or was there an earlier game that kind of like the two you played together? So <laughs> we... Uh... I don't really remember us sitting down and playing any games together. We played Diablo 3 like multi multiplayer together, but this is where it first came to, okay, now we can kick the crap out of each other. So, we, so I guess we had played, like we had Mortal Kombat and stuff, and we had played Soul Calibur 2 and stuff, but this is fun because, I mean, you guys have heard us play. We're not on the same team in events for, you know, Channel 3, the dad, whatever, and all of a sudden you hear from the other room, you son of a... and then. It's, oh, look, you killed her. Or I get beautiful hand gestures from underneath the green screen because I'm in the living room and he's on the computer. And I could see uh, that number one finger. Well, he's cheering for me. I'm number one. I'm number one. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> Let me tell you. So keeping in line with beating up one another. Talk to us about the zone wars. Talk to, talk, tell us about those Tuesday night zone wars that you guys do all the time. Oh, so that's a that's a Gargata stream, and I, I walk into it knowing I'm going to get my butt kicked because we have friends who play a lot better than I do, and I don't build. I hate building. I'm okay at it if I panic and throw walls, but I hate it. <laughs> and he does it, and I'll go in and play, and it's like, all right, guys, I'm going to be the first one to die. And if I'm not the first one to die, it's because I'm going to be sneaky. Like, they're all building up to the high heavens and i'm up under their builds where'd she go i can't find her i'm on the ground find me now <laughs> i have to say i have i have been a victim to mrs gargata hiding hiding on the ground and just sniping me out of nowhere where i thought i thought it was safe it just, it just comes through or a giant rail gun hits me and i'm like oh it must, it must have been mrs gargata this is, this is what happens i'm a beast with a rail gun i have to say it i mean i've made gg shadow scream like a girl because of that straight hit him with a rail gun ah. Where did that come from? Haha, uh -huh, Shadow, have a nice night. <laughs> we, we we probably have to look at like a tagline for that, Ray, of just uh, Mrs. Gorgata has uh, sniped me from a ditch. 
the tagline because I I would have it too. So Gargata Gargata has his um his his Jonesy his Jonesy beard outfit. Do you have a go to outfit when you're playing Fortnite? I run Penny. I I love her. I had her for we, I saw her in Save the World when he had it. I was like, oh, they need to make her a skin because I was I was like, dude, I'd run that all day every day. And as soon as it came out, I didn't even get to log in for the day. And I think it was Heated Hobo sent it to me because he knew I liked it and we had talked about it. And I was like, man, if they make her a skin, I'm getting it. And I logged into the game and had it sent to me because they were like, oh, she's gonna love this. I I feel like Fortnite, you know, every every type of gamer, different games have different kinds of communities and the way they, they run stuff and the kind of the culture that goes with it. Fortnite is a very gift-heavy community. I feel like people listen to one another when you're playing and also you log in and it's like, here, here's that thing you talked about. Why? Yeah, I'll just get it for you. Right? Do you, do you are, you, are you a gift giver? Have you received a lot of gifts between the skins? Because I feel like it's something that happens with this game in particular. Yeah, it's a mutual thing. I, I've gifted people stuff that it's like I log in and I'm going, ooh, he's going to like this. Uh, Gargata hasn't logged in for the day yet. Got my first, what is this, chapter four or two or whatever it is. Got my mm -hmm. first uh, solo earlier today. Season ends in four days. But I got it, dang it. But he's sitting with a gift right now because it was like, oh, look, this is an emote that he doesn't have that I think he'll like. And I send it. You know, everybody remembers the good old lawnmower. I sent that to like four dads because I had V-Bucks. And I was like, oh, it's a dad emote and just sent it. And I have to I have to ask this question. If we're we're here talking with Mrs. Gargata and we're talking about Fortnite. What do you what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on uh, the Bobolski? I, I feel like we, we have I have to know. Tell, tell me what you think. What, what do you think about the guy? Because I've been on record. I told her about this. That I, I love the Bobolski. He's He was my introduction, essentially, to the dad gaming. The, the, the Bobolski is my guy. But I, I need to know. I need to know your thoughts on the Bobolski. Once you finish adjusting the cat ears on the girl that has I, just arrived on the screen. I was just going to add during that time, too. <laughs> if you need to use a code name, since I know Gargata is in the room, so you don't know who you're talking about. You can call him Williams if you would like, or some other type of code name. <laughs> call him Taurus if you want. That might be too obvious. I don't know how sharp Gargata is at all times, but maybe that'll work. I don't know. I think the friendship that those two has made is awesome. Um, and in turn, the friendship that we have is great. And he's someone that even from being, what, 12 hours away, if something happens, we know he's got our back. He's a good guy. I know he's going to get a big head hearing this because I know he got one from Gargata too. But if it wasn't, if he wasn't someone that has really just like not even impacted our lives, but be some, become someone we care about, I don't think he would have been on the trip. You know what I mean? We've called it the Gargata North American tour and he wouldn't have gotten a stop if he wasn't someone that we actually cared about. So yes, um, I will throw the joke in and I'm, I'm sorry because I'm going to expose you guys to this, but he has decided he's going to be the number one contributor if I ever start an OnlyFeet. Just plugging that for you. <laughs> what an excellent time to segue. <laughs> that's first, first of all, that's all that's all part of the zone wars on Tuesday. That's what it is. I, it I've, is. Listened, I've listened to this too. This is not it, news to me. It's not. There was a game that it was it was right before we went down to go to Tennessee and North Carolina and meet with like Night Fox and Flower and them. And it was probably the week before and Meredith was saying hi to Jason because she knows who we're talking about. And he goes, Oh look, she's wanting to talk to the man she wishes was her dad. <laughs> like that's the kind of jokes that are told between all of us and it's if those two aren't making mean jokes to each other something serious has happened but he's also been there when it's like 
we have some serious stuff going on and need to talk that way. And he makes sick, twisted jokes out of all of it. But I think it's what all of us kind of need at the time. So he is. He's a good guy. I like the friendship that they have. I I love the bromance. I do. We pick on him for it and they both love it. All right, well, I lost my clean transition into your future game you're looking forward to, but we've talked a little bit about Animal Crossing already, and I, I feel like since they, they ended primary support on New Horizon that Disney Dreamlight Valley has come in to snatch the title belt for the uh, best vibe game, <laughs> uh, or you know, that, that, that chill game, but... You know, we, we ask everybody, hey, what's what's the future game you're looking forward to? Give us something that you're looking forward to in the future. And your response was, the updates for Disney Dreamlight Valley. A game that they had a really strong roadmap for. I don't know how long the roadmap is. I just know they have very consistently been dropping new characters, been dropping uh, new information. As, as we are talking now... Cinderella's fairy godmother's about to drop into the game or has dropped into the it's like today or in the next two days I feel like that's that's coming in there they haven't given a date uh. that's that's the one thing I've really liked about so they are very clear they've given us a roadmap for it and I say us like you guys play but they've given a roadmap of early June so any minute now <laughs> that we're gonna get fairy godmother and new stuff and then in the mid midsummer is going to be something new and then later this year so they give at least a two month three month roadmap which is nice because it's something that you can sit down and go okay what am i looking forward to i'm in a group for disney dreamlight adults on facebook because i have no friends no <laughs> i have a i have but, a better uh, place for them to come where i can pull the news up that sees update says update five comes in june including fairy godmother there's a better place than facebook for them but go on oh, sorry oh yeah <laughs> i'm sorry but yeah so oh nope shameless shameless dan tucker shameless. Had, to, had to stick it in there <laughs> but no yeah it's it's something of hey did you guys see this i like that when they do their path like they're sending out these like updates of saying what this timeline is going to look like they sneak a little stuff in so not only is it like, oh, look, fairy godmother is going to be here, but oh, look in the background of that picture. Who's in the shadow in the treehouse? Who's this? Who's that? So in true Disney, find the hidden Mickey fashion, an update's just an update, but you're still seeing stuff that's coming along. And they, it is, it's that find that hidden Mickey, like, what am I going to see next thing? Yeah, and I, I joked about the Animal Crossing comparison, but there's a lot more of a mission orientation to this, I feel like. You know, it's not like a... I still feel like it's a bit of a, a chill vibe game, but there are things you go do of like, go get this crystal and take it over here and, and kind of helping you to build that, that character, you know, arsenal hanging out with you in there. Is this a, a little different? You, know, you talked about playing the original animal crossing on GameCube and all the way up through new horizons. Where does this stack? I mean, again, it's probably unfair of me to make that comp, but where does this stack from a comparison perspective to the animal crossing realm for you? So, in the OG Animal Crossing at the beginning when you're trying to pay off Tom Nook. And it's here. You have to go plant off. And you know, the angry Tanuki. We all get mad at the raccoon. Lone shark. But, yeah, the, the lone shark. Yeah. The the guy who goes for your knees. That's why you don't have any in Animal Crossing. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of doing the OG GameCube Animal Crossing, you have to do so many things to pay off your bill. Or Tom Nook is like your evil shadow. So where that pressure is kind of like what you do in Dreamlight, but with Dreamlight, it's incentivized. You know what I mean? So 
Like I'm working on getting characters to level 10 right now because if I get this character to level 10, this character does something else. Oh, what does this one do? And it's, they all tie together. Like right now, I just got stitched to level 10 today and he's having me make a band with characters from Frozen and The Little Mermaid. Like it, they tie the life together for the characters. So it's something that I'm a Disney nerd. I go, we just went to the parks back in September. We survived Ian, just saying. Who just made it through Ian? <laughs> and it, it ties that they, it's neat that they stick to like the parks where you have different music in each part, each realm. But you also, these characters interact and have a life together. So it's it's neat. I like that. It is, it's, it's a chill vibe game, but it's, it is, it's more driven than Animal Crossing is. So what are your favorite character interactions in the game? Because like you said, I, I mean, Scrooge McDuck's involved with a lot of things, even from the, the very beginning of the game and the interactions between everybody and Merlin's kind of there guiding everything throughout. What, what are some of those favorite interactions for you? I had a lot of fun doing the stuff with Merlin just because I loved the sword and stone as a kid. The fun part is we ended up watching the movie right after Meredith got introduced to him. So little G got to see classic Disney stuff. So that one was fun right now. I've always been a big fan of Toy Story. I love Toy Story, but I could say some words to Buzz Lightyear because there is a glitch going out right now because this this game's still early. They still have glitches and they're still working on it. It's still technically in like late beta. So <laughs> where you're supposed to find, you know, those little squeaky, the claw little alien guys. One is glitched out and we can't find him. And I have played for the last three days and I have no idea how to find this little squeaky jerk. So yeah, that's probably the least favorite, but it's been fun to just like see them outside of their game interacting. I, I love Stitch. He's my boy. So getting him to level 10 has been my big deal today. So before we get to the actual quest question, you listed this as your favorite gaming memory of 2022. What, what was it for this one that, that really stuck out? Taking something that, so when we got back from Disney is when this, right when this was really launching, like fully available launching and taking that memory. So now that I have kids, my mom and I went to Disney World when I was a kid. We actually went for my 18th birthday because that's me. But uh, being able to come back from Merit and with, from Disney with little G and being like, here, look, we've seen these people now. Look at this game. And she can sit with me and she has a blast even just talking to me about it. So it, it continues that gaming of, this is something I can play with my kid. It's not necessarily multiplayer, but it's something that she wants to talk about. Oh, mom, look, Minnie Mouse. We saw Minnie Mouse. I love Minnie. And it just keeps her engaged in stuff that we can do together without, you know what I mean? Without having to be like, here, hold the controller. What a bonding episode. Nice. That's a good, uh, that's a good time with you. I'm listening because a lot of, you know, a lot of my time with this is with my daughter too. So I'm in that same boat that, you know, especially because she's, she's not always the best at understanding the quest though. She's, Unfortunately, spent more time up in bed than I care to admit playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom of late, but she's been spending all her time on the first island working her way through the shrines and just gathering things. But I'm with you there. It's a, it's a good one for the kids because they, they enjoy that. And she loved Animal Crossing. That's usually where the comp comes in for me. They're just like, hey, that was how she got into it. And I, I help her a lot with the uh, the game there, too. So it's a good it is a good family game to get get them in and kind of get them moving around with that. So cool. All right, let's go up to uh, to our quest portion of the show, though. This is where we take a quest, a question from the Channel 3 history books for you to discuss. And you know what? I'm going to, I kind of picked this one to, to egg Ray on a little bit, but it also keeps us in the Disney discussion. And I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite game you never finished? Well, dang. I'm sitting here going, how many games have I not finished? 
So I can tell um, you what your answer was on Channel 3. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. Your answer on Channel 3 was Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still sitting. I'd have to transfer it over to the 5 now because I played on the 4. But I can't. It sounds silly, but I can't do it because I don't want to see that series end. You know what I mean? Because it's another one that I got into with my best friend. It's another one that I've completed all of them. I love it. It was something that I stayed with. And it's like, I don't want to see that not die, but it's sentimental. It's oh. like, okay, if I don't finish it, it didn't end. <laughs> oh, so this is a okay. willful thing. Four this is on the like, way. Yeah. <laughs> four is on the way. So once once we get a date for four, then you're safe to to play three. I'm I'm still not I haven't even started three yet. So I'm just I'm so upset with myself. Oh, I cried. I'm to the I'm to the precipice of the end. I've got I have one more game. I still have to play Dream Drop Distance. It's just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then new games come out and then it keeps waiting and waiting. Yeah. That well, it didn't get transferred over. It wasn't one of the lucky ones that got to get pulled over when we transferred to the PS5, since I'm the cool wife and walked in with one after bowling one day um <laughs> subtle so subtle yeah it was oh look i got my bonus yeah i'm going to bowling with my mom yeah i'll be back later and i walk in you know ps5 got a war version with an extra controller like oh look we're still we moved up in the world but uh yeah i just i can't do it <laughs> it's it's a sentimental of okay if this ends this series that i've been doing for years ends i mean it's the same thing with the god of war stuff i burnt through the uh god of war 2018 storyline and then when i saw ragnarok i was like oh okay and i just i've played ragnarok i just can't i i keep thinking okay are they gonna end the series i'm not gonna play it i'm gonna play it no i'm not gonna play it because i know i'll sit down and play for hours and then all of a sudden it's like oh no the series is done yeah i don't know i, I Having not, I started three, I've not finished it by far, but seeing the trailer for four, I'm like, what is, because this is also a series that like, even starting with, I played one and then I played two and even starting two in the first couple hours of that I'm like, what is going on here? And what level of chemical enhancement to the people who are making this have? <laughs> and like, once I got through the barricade of the beginning of the game of like, what in the lore is happening here? I see the trailer for four and I'm like, I'm very intrigued by what's going on here. I, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very curious to see. I got, I got to get back to three, but it is, it is officially in the backlog as I'm working through the tears and I'm getting through uh horizon. I, I, I got to put it up there. I got to get to it. Ray. I know. I haven't even seen the trailer for four. So now I'm kind of like, Ooh, I can finish the game. <laughs> you, no, can, I, uh, you can finish the game. It's good. Cause you know what? I think from the tone of the trailer for four, it's going to be right there with you. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I'm going to go look it up when we're done. Actually. I just finished. It got put, it was like, Oh, I'll do it. And then legacy Hogwarts legacy came out. And then it was, I have to hundred percent this. And I'm at 96% on that because I don't want to do the last quest and have it be done. <laughs> I'm I'm a sentimental sucker where it's like, oh no, I love this game. If I finish it, even if I go back and start it over, it's not the same as the first finish. So yeah. And the final question we always ask, what's been your favorite feature on channel three so far? I like so I like with doing yeah, doing turbo. You know, we pay for turbo. Um, I like having the mini games. It sounds silly, but it's really fun when you do a you're within one pixel and your other half is within ten and you're like, haha, look what I can do. It's it's a competition, guys. It always is. And it's always something about, you know, hearing dang it, thunder, because thunder's at four and you're at five. <laughs> you know, it's it's that that healthy competition. 
within not just our house, but within, you know, the community. And you mentioned Enhance, but if I don't ask this question, Dan will yell at me. Do you, is that your favorite of the three mini games? Is this, is, uh, I mean, I had some, sorry. Is Target your favorite of the three mini games? Yeah, Target, because Enhance, like today, I knew what Enhance was. But most of the time, it's Gargata and Thunder Heaven in one because it's games that are older than I am. And I'm like, I don't even know what that could physically be. Oh, the hurt on Dan's face right now. I'm sorry. I and felt three more it, gray hairs appear right here. It's the, I, man, anything before like 95, I don't know. So sorry, Dan. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I like Target because it is because I can see who I beat and who I didn't beat. And it's like, all right, who's next? Who's on the list? Chapter four, I haven't been good with because all the buildings look the dang same. But man, there at the end of three, I was, I was smoking them. I was doing good. Ray's gotten a little was, big for it. Hang on, I gotta jump. I gotta get. I gotta get something on my chest here, Ray. You're getting a little big for your britches with some of these targets of late. Getting uh, getting a little out of line with some of these uh, these locations you're using. These people are getting really good at it. I have I have to figure something out. But let me tell you, when season four started, I thought, oh, this isn't gonna work anymore because every castle looks the same. It was yeah, it was rough are, for chapter four, season one. There's no sugar. People coming. are never gonna know where this is, and all of a sudden, people started figuring out. I, I do a target, and the next day, I've already forgotten where I took that picture, and I and I I don't even know where to <laughs> click. And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it was this little house here, which looks like every other house, but for some reason, the angle of the sun, somebody they know where this house is." So I, I'm just trying everything. Way too much. <laughs> I'm trying everything I can at this point. And with that, we've made it to the end of another What Are Your Three podcast. Thank you, Mrs. Gargata, for being here today. You can find the podcast at c3.gg slash podcast driving every Wednesday morning at 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am El Ray. Dan Tucker puts this all together. And for our executive producer, Joel Willis, have a good day, everybody. (laughs) 